Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. This morning's message is coming from the book of James, chapter 4. And we're going to read just one part of verse 8. One part of verse 8. Chapter 4, beginning at verse, the first part of verse number 8. I like the, the King James. I'm reading from the NIV, but I like the King James and the New King James. NIV says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. The King James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It might use the word nigh, you know, draw nigh to God. That's why old people say, you need to draw nigh to the Lord. Nigh is near. Amen. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire and you will prosper your word in the things you sent your word to. Thank you, Father, for you, for you doing what you said you will do. Thank you for your word this morning and for what your word will accomplish in our lives. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Our, our subject this morning is simply this. <clears throat> Draw near to God. Draw near to God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm lifting this section of this verse out of context, out of the context of this chapter, because just these words are a message within itself, a powerful message that speaks to us today, speaks to people today. It speaks to the struggles of life, whether personally or interpersonally, and in a few words, tell us what we need to do to endure, to overcome, and to live a healthy, whole life full of meaning and wonderful experiences. Draw near to God. Draw near to God. And he will do what? Draw near to you. Now, draw, if God draws near to me, God's going to do something in my life. But it starts with me coming to him and drawing near to, to him. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. A healthy life, a whole life, a meaningful life is what we all look for, but we look for it in the wrong places many times. Yeah. We're living in a world that is under the sway of the evil one. Satan opposes us. He does. Yeah, he opposes us. He fights against any attempt on our part to know Christ, to grow in Christ, and to do the work that Christ did while he was on the face of the earth and left for us to do. Satan is evil. He does not want anybody finding health, finding wholeness, or finding meaning in life. He doesn't want you to do that. He doesn't. So, anyway, you know, let me digress just a little bit at this point. As I think about health, of course, I have to think about physical health, mental health, social health. But I, I, the, the, right then, I thought about physical health. And I thought about the food laws in the Bible. Well, of course, you know, today we're under grace, so we don't have to follow those regulations. But there must have been a reason God gave those regulations. Have you ever th stopped and think about, thought about it? There had to be a reason. There had to be something healthy in what God spoke to his people, uh, something in what he spoke to his people that was going to bring about their physical health. So there were certain things they shouldn't eat. And when you start talking to people today about eating, people don't like to change what they've been eating, and they don't see any problem whether, you know, okay, I'm taking my medicine so I can eat. I got high blood pressure. I can eat all the pork I want to eat. You know, I can do everything else. And if, if you know, if, 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 if this is an issue, if I got acid reflux, I can put all the spices in my food I want to put in my food, all the grease I want to eat. 
and take my medicine, I'll be fine. But is that healthy? Mm. Yeah, health. And then you deal with physical health, you deal with social health, you deal with mental health, and you look, look back at what God put in the Word. If you look back, if you search uh, what God has written in His Word, it speaks to health, it speaks to wholeness, and it speaks to having a wonderful and meaningful life. I don't know about you, you heard me say this for a lot of times, the most, the, the most precious thing, the thing that has made my life meaningful is being engaged with God and what he's doing in the world. Amen. And you are a part of what God is doing in the world. I have never wanted to be on an island by myself. Never in my life, because that gets really lonely sometimes. It gets depressing. You get tired of seeing the same birds. <laughs> And the same snakes, if they have snakes there. You know, you can't talk to anybody. You just sit there by yourself. You know, you you might argue with the tree, but the tree not going to argue back with you. You know, it's just, you know, I've never wanted to be on an island alone. But I thank God for what he's done in my life and connecting me with people. The journey and the connection with people is not always easy. Because you meet people that, you know, they just rub you the wrong way, but you also have to remember that you rub people the wrong way, you know. There's a whole lot in relationship, you know, and getting along with people. If you think about yourself, it'll help you get along with people better. But anyway, you know, this is all a part of a meaningful life. But but here we are in this world, amen, where Satan is the prince of the power of the air, and he wants us under his sway. He wants to overcome us, amen. He wants to defeat us. He wants us cast down. He wants us depressed. He wants us sick. He wants us in trouble. And he fights to cause us to experience any and all of that. But he knows what works against you. So he's definitely, he's definitely going to pour on in your life that thing that works against you. And he's so smooth in his operations. Listen to me. He's so smooth in his operations that many people draw near to him rather than drawing near to God. That's why people don't. One of his strategies is to get people not to like the corporate body. Yeah, that one's been, dealing, been on my heart for a while because whenever we get involved in our personal ministries and we draw people to us and we forsake the corporate body, well, God says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. And then we listen to the world and we listen to television and everything, many things on there is negative about the church. Then people draw away from the church, the corporate body, and they start doing their own thing. Now, when you do your own thing and you are part of the corporate body and you got a job to work, okay, you got a family to take care of, you got your own personal issues, and then there's work in the corporate body that needs to be done. After a while, your body gets tired. You don't have the time to do all of that. So what goes lacking? The one thing that's, that's not the most important to you, which is the corporate body. And I see this happening over and over and over again down through the years. And so we're living in this time of, of, of uh, individualism. So it's, it's, really, it's really, really, really uh, a push in this day to do your own thing. I don't need the church. I just need my Bible. And I gather a little group of people to myself or men, I gather people to myself and I just, just me and God, me and God. I was talking with the EMS worker one time when my father-in-law was living and she said, I don't need the church. It's just me and God. I communicate to God, but the, that's not what God said in his word. So we tend, we tend to, you know, Satan is really smooth in his operations. He is. And so what we end up doing is we diminish the value of the corporate body. We do. We diminish the value of the corporate body. Maybe not you, but as a whole, think about everything that goes against the church. And, and, and he pushes us to, to the side. He pushes us off. To, but that's not the only thing he does. I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm dwelling on that. But, but he's so smooth in his operations that when you're in trouble, many times you don't seek the counsel of your pastor or the counsel of another uh, uh, a godly saint. You tend to seek the counsel of your friends or either your co-workers. 
Satan is smooth in his operations. And, and, and what he does is he keeps us from, uh, he fights against us drawing near to God. He does. He fights against us drawing near to God. And we end up drawing, if you're not drawing near to God, you, you near to God, you never stay neutral. Amen. You never stay neutral. You, because this is a spiritual battle. This is a, that, you know, this thing, you're in a physical body, but you live in a, in, 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 in a spirit-influenced world. So either you're drawing near to God or you're drawing near to Satan. And many times when you are rejecting the things of God and the people of God, where does that come from? We have to realize where does that come from? You know, James talked about this about, and I, I didn't think I was going to preach all of this, but anyway, he says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? So what happens in the body of Christ? People get upset with one another, and they fight with one another. Now we're separated. Now we're drawn. He says, what causes this? Families, families, husband and wives get upset and quarrel among one another. Parents quarrel with their children. What causes that? Where, where is that? If, if God is a God of peace and God gives peace that passes understanding, where do these fights come from? Where? I didn't put my phone on, so lower my volume, but that wasn't me. You, you ever thought about that? What? You're going along good, and all of a sudden, something happens. You're riding down the road, minding your own business, singing, I will call upon the Lord. And somebody swirls over into your lane. You say, where did that come from? <laughs> you know, like I preached last Sunday, what is it? You know, have you stopped and read the scripture and asked and, and realized what James is saying to the church? He said, don't they come from your desires that battle within who? Me? You. Wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't have did that. Mm -hmm. The word of God says, it's not your wife, it's you. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Many times if you stop and think, sometimes we take things the wrong way. Sometimes we hear things the wrong way. And then we respond the wrong way because you're responsible for the way you respond to things. So, so if my wife comes at me in a way that I don't like, I'm responsible for my response. Are we listening? Where do these things come from? It comes from inside of us because we are being, Satan is shooting his arrows at our minds. He's influencing our minds. He's prowling around like a roaring lion, but sometimes he's like a snake, you know? He's slithering through the grass and you don't see him until, until he. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so he influences. He, he, he influences us to focus on our own desires, our own pleasures, and our own goals in life. And he draws us away from God. Well, you said, I need, to, I need to focus at least on my goals. Yeah, but you were not created to be in this world alone. So while you are focusing on your desires, there's somebody else that's struggling. There's somebody else that's going through. There's somebody else that needs you to minister to them. Satan wants to get you separate. He wants to get you off to yourself because when you're off to yourself, you're, more e you're easily uh, easier influenced. Yeah. When we are drawn away from God, we're drawn to Satan. And we have to come to grips with that. Anytime we are drawn away from God, think about it. When you're tempted and you yield to that temptation, you're pushed, you're drawn to the other side. You may not stay there, but you got to realize what's happening. Whenever we're drawn away from God, we're drawn to Satan. And, and when we, uh, uh, and we've been told what Satan comes to do, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We know that verse so much we don't pay any attention to it. 
<laughs> and we find reason to do what we want to do. Go in the store, and, uh, and uh, the lottery is at $37 million. I got to play it today. You know, <laughs> anyway, maybe that's just me. I just believe in trusting the Lord. I'm not gambling away my money trying to get, I, I, I believe if I trust in the Lord with all my heart, he'll give me the desires of my heart. He will supply my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And that 5 or $10 that I played at the lottery, I could have given it in the house of the Lord or given it to missions or helped somebody buy food to put in their house while I'm trying to hit the big numbers. Yeah. yeah. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13 says, in conclusion, and I'm, I'm reading this from the Amplified version because I like to, I don't usually use Amplified, but it kind of kind of speaks to, to, to some other things as you read it uh, with deeper understanding. He said, in conclusion, after you've done all of this teaching, you know, if you read Ephesians, you read all of this teaching, even come down, comes down to teaching you know, about uh, family life, um, husband, wife, children, what have you. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him. That's where you get your power from, your union with him. And in, uh, glory to God, and in the power of his boundless might. Yeah, yeah, God's might never ends, huh? No, 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 no. It never ends. I mean, there are no limits to the might of God. So whatever you go through, you, we say many times, you know, cancer is not too hard for God. You got to realize that your financial situation is not too difficult for God. But you got to do what? You got to draw near to God. You can't sit back and sit and wonder and worry about how you're going to pay this and how you're going to pay that and how you're going to pay. Draw near to God. Draw near to God. Amen. Because in this Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, <laughs> in this, in drawing near to God, there is an answer to your situation. Let me, let me just read this so I can go on because I could preach 30 more minutes but just on this text. It said, put on the full armor of God for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier so that you may be able to successfully stand against the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Oh, how we miss that. How we miss that. We're fighting one another. What, do, where do, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? So the devil is influencing you. You're not realizing his strategies and his schemes and the deceits. He's diabolical. He's been doing this from, 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 from when he was in heaven, when he tried to take God's place. It was kicked out of the earth realm, kicked out into the earth realm. And you're only 30 years old. How do you stand up against, how do you deal with the diabolical schemes and tricks of Satan. Draw near to God. Draw near to God. Draw near to God. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, it's important to know who your enemy is. Amen. God is not your enemy. Satan is your enemy. There's no sense in being angry with God. Satan is your enemy. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There's no need to turn away from God, to question God, to feel mad with God about what has happened in your life. Know who your enemy is and stop drawing near to him because every time you get angry with God, every time you are mad about something that happened in your life and you blame God, you are not drawing near to God. You are drawing near to the devil. God is your friend. He's a friend that's closer than a brother. Well, he's the most high. And Jesus is our friend. He's our helper. He's our savior. He's your keeper. But we have to do what? Draw near. Draw near. Say, I have to draw near to God. So this verse, this verse, this verse within itself has a message for all of us. If we just unpack it, draw near to God, draw near to God. Amen. Hallelujah. 
This message is full of power. This, of this verse is full of power. And a lot of times we just read it. We've read it and we've just gone on about our business. We've never really thought about what does it mean? How, and then how do I? How do I draw? The, well, I'm coming to church. I, 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 I preach. I pray when pastor asks me to pray. And some of us don't. Listen, I don't know what to say. Oh, I can't speak in public. Mm. Draw near to God. You'll be amazed at what God will do when you draw near to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, when you open your mouth, hmm, and the power of God comes upon you, and all of those things you've been studying, and you've been, if you've been drawing near to God, oh, yeah, words just start flowing. Amen. You think I write everything I talk to y'all about? Nope. Mm-mm. When I start preaching, Holy Spirit starts speaking. Amen. Draw, and it comes from drawing near to God. Drawing near to God. How do we do that? How do we do that? Let me see if I can unpack this in, in the next few minutes. And I didn't say how long a few was. Amen. How do we draw near to God? All right. We draw near to God, first of all, through a personal relationship with him. Now, 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 many of you know this. All right. Somebody's listening who doesn't know what a personal relationship with God is, because being a member of the church does not mean that you have a personal relationship with God. Amen. Doing work in ministry does not mean that you have a personal relationship with God. Because a lot of people work and they don't really have a personal relationship with God. Amen? Amen. Uh, Carrying the name Christian does not mean that you have a personal relationship with God. Elder Hoskins sent me a video the other day. And you just listen to this, this, all of the evil that's spewing out of these people who call themselves preachers and Christians, the evil that's spewing out of their mouths. I don't care what anybody does. I don't care what kind of life they live. Jesus would never line them up and have them shot and killed because of their lifestyle. Because once you kill them, you have no means, no way to witness to them and draw them to the Lord. That's not of Christ. But the person calls themselves a Christian and a preacher of the gospel. Evil, pure evil, has nothing to do with Christianity. Has nothing to do with following Christ to say that, that black people are not Christians. Oh, how do you judge us like that? Pure evil. And if we say white people are not Christians, pure evil. Because you are a member of the church, because you have certain knowledge, does not mean, does not mean that you have a personal relationship with God. And I know this is nothing new, but a lot of people just don't take this seriously. If you have a personal relationship with God, then daily you are praying, daily you're in the word, daily you're meditating on scriptures, daily you're engaging with Lord and what with the Lord and what He's doing in the world. Every day there's a there's a reason for you to spend time in the Lord's presence. And while you're spending time in the Lord's presence, you don't want to be in the devil's presence. Which means that there's stuff on face on 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 social media that you don't want to read, nor do you want to watch. There's stuff on television that you don't want to read, nor that you don't want to watch. There are books you don't want to read. There are things that you don't want to see because you want to be in the presence of the Lord. Are you, does this make any sense to anybody? Because people will say, I have a personal relationship with the Lord and I'm drawing near to God, but you got all this mixture going on. And it's hard for you to draw near to God when you are mixed up in who you are allied with, who you are in alliance with. You can't fight for God and fight for the devil at the same time. You can't be straddled the fence as the old people used to say. Do you know what straddle the fence means? The fence is there and you got one foot on, on this side and one foot on the other side. You can't do that. A personal relationship with God means that I am for God all of the time. So then that challenges me in my actions. If I am with, if I am for God all of the time, things I'm not going to do. Conversations I'm not going to listen to. 
Draw near to God. And many times we miss that. And, 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 and because we miss it, when trouble comes in our lives, we act out of character. Or we don't get the full benefit of being in a personal relationship with God. You know, Holy Spirit comes to live in us, to live the life of God out in us. So that's why we cannot grieve Holy Spirit who lives in us by our ways and our actions. You say, Pastor, you're not leaving any room for mistakes. I'm not talking about mistakes here. I'm talking about people who really do not have a personal relationship with the Lord. None of us are perfect. But there's a big difference. Now, you will find, somebody can say amen to this. If you don't say amen, that's all right. I'll say amen myself. You will find that when you begin to grow in your relationship with God, stuff starts falling off. Just, just, just falling off. You know, I told you about my relationship with pork. I tried to eat pork. And it just didn't do right in my mouth. So I just spit it out. <clears throat> I believe, I've never been an alcoholic, but I believe that when the alcoholic gets saved and draws near to God, and God begins to change, change that person's taste, if they put it in their mouth, they don't have the taste for it anymore. Oh, now, now they can develop the taste for it. Yep. If I kept on eating pork, I would develop the taste for it again. But if I just, because I spit it out the first time, I've never developed a taste for it. I used to love bacon. I would make a bacon sandwich, put me some mayonnaise on some bread, and put me four or five strips of bacon and just go to town. I don't even want bacon anymore. Give me turkey bacon. Cook it right. It tastes right. Amen. My daddy, you know my daddy, we grew up eating pork, and daddy would make uh, pork and beef hash. I told my sister, I said, I want you to ground me up some turkey thighs, and I want you to make some hash. Now, all of my sisters said it don't taste right. But guess what? That hash tastes wonderful to me. I got about four or five pints in my freezer right now, and every once in a while, because I told her to make me a big pot full, because I wanted to share some with Yesuto, but I wanted to have some for myself. So, you know, I love grits too. So sometimes I get up in the morning and I've unthought me a pint of hash and I put my hash in my grits, my, my turkey hash. Now, now I could go back and develop a taste for the other kind, but I don't want to develop that taste. Are you understanding me? You know, you know, you know, yeah. In this relationship with God, amen, that's the, that's the beginning of me drawing near to God, and it changes my appetite. Stuff starts falling off, things you don't want to do anymore. If you're struggling with an issue in your life, draw near to God. Rather than fighting the issue, draw near to God. Because you see, you're fighting the issue, and you're putting more focus on the issue, and you're not putting enough focus on God. So get it. Oh, I'm getting to my next point, um, my other points. But get in the Word. Get in prayer. Amen. Stay in the fellowship of believers. Draw near to God. And after a while, and the other thing you got to do is, is you got to develop some real relationship with Christians. That's what you got to do. Stop looking at people. You, you heard somebody else say something about somebody, now you don't like them. Stop that foolishness. That's foolishness. That's pure foolishness. You got to deal with your own relationship with that person. Amen. Amen. Because, see, if you got a problem with me, say, 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 I'll use Jonathan. He don't have no problem with me. I don't know. <laughs> If, if Jonathan and I have a, have a disagreement and I get angry with him, all right, I have to go back now, think about the scripture. Where does, this, where does this fight come from? Where did it come from? Where did these quarrels come from? He said, don't they come from within you? So I got to go back and examine myself and ask myself, why did I have this problem with, with my brother in the Lord? I got to look at myself. Maybe I had a bad day. Or maybe he had a bad day. Are you following me? Maybe I woke up with a migraine headache 
And I pressed my way to the house of the Lord, and I didn't really, I was not really at the point of being able to deal with, with people. And, 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 and what he said to me, just, just, I took it the wrong way. And I responded the wrong way. People don't tend to do that. People tend to say, mm -mm, I have nothing else to do with him. Mm -mm. I can love him from a distance. Oh, don't we say that? I can love him from afar. <laughs> the Lord didn't tell you to love me from afar. I'm your brother in the Lord. I, well, I'm your pastor, but I'm your brother in the Lord. When I began to draw near to this, by having a personal relationship with the Lord, it affects all of my life. And all of my dealings and things begin to drop off. So if you're going to draw near to God, you really, 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 really have to have a personal relationship with God. And stop that argument that goes on in your mind. Because there's an argument that goes on in your mind, even from what I've just preached. You say, well, Bishop, it don't always work that way. Go back to the Word of God and ask yourself, where did it come from? Second thing, if you're going to draw near to God, if you're going to, in your personal relationship with the Lord, if you're going to draw near to God, you got to draw near to God in prayer. Mm. Prayer is fellowship with God. Prayer is communion with God. Prayer is communication with God the Most High, yeah. who's chosen to reveal himself to us in Christ Jesus, in a personal way. It, it, prayer is an amazing thing, yet it's awkward for so many because we don't see God and we can't put our hands on God. So it seems like we're just talking to, to space. But when you're in a personal relationship with him, out of that relationship means that you are communicating with him. And communication is always two ways. So I don't just go to God and talk to him about my problems. I don't just go to God and talk to him about what I need. Amen. I go to God and I give him praise and I give him worship and I, and I thank him. Amen. In the midst of telling him about my needs because he wants us to approach his throne boldly that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. The Lord knows you have needs. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to talk to him. It's an amazing thing to be able, and I'm going to say it like this, to be able to sit and talk with the most high God. God, most of all don't think in terms of, well, we don't live in a monarchy, but if we lived in a monarchy, you think about England. Most people don't think in terms of going to sit down talking with the queen. First of all, they can't get to the queen. Mm. There are some churches you can't get to the pastor. How many of y'all have my phone number? The rest is 803-517-6352. How many of y'all know where I live? How many of y'all been to my house? The rest of y'all coming. Amen. Somehow, somewhere, another. Amen. Sometimes you can't get to the pastor. But Jehovah, the sovereign God, Elohim, El Elion, El Shaddai, invites you. Come into his presence and talk to him. And he came in Jesus. And he made, he revealed himself to us in Christ Jesus because he wants a personal relationship with him. So God doesn't sit high and look low. When we meet, when we see him in the Garden of Eden, he's creating, he's created Adam and Eve, and he talks to Adam and Eve. And even when Adam and Eve sin, God is walking through the garden in the cool of the day, and he says, Adam, where are you? Where are you? In the book of Revelations, as the Lord talks about the church, one of the churches, he says he's, he's walking to and fro in the church. Do you realize Holy Spirit is walking right now in this sanctuary? 
But he's not just walking in the sanctuary. He's in your, if you're a believer, he's in your house. He's in your life. He's in the car with you. He's at, your, at that desk on your job. You're not alone. You don't have to yell out. You don't have to, uh, 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 that old, uh, what was that old song about the telephone and call him up? Tell him what you, you don't, you don't have to use the phone. You don't have to dial in the numbers. You don't have to look for an area code. You don't have to look for a country code. All you got to do is talk to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we want to experience the life-changing effects of him being our God and living in us in the person of Holy Spirit, we have to draw near to him in prayer. We got you. For the body of Christ to experience the life-changing power of God and the power that fell on the church at the day of Pentecost, we have to draw near to God in prayer. We don't pray enough. We don't pray enough. We, we want to do everything else but pray. We love 30 minutes singing and dancing. We like 15-minute sermons. You don't get it. But, but <laughs> call prayer. Call all night. Call shut in. And you never get the same number of people that you have on a Sunday morning. It just didn't start with us. It's been going on because for some reason, people do not relate to praying. But, but, but prayer and ministry go hand in hand. We were studying Wednesday night about lost souls, about winning the kingdom and evangelism. It starts with prayer, saints of God. It starts with prayer. There's an old song I like to sing sometimes. It says, oh, Zion, what's the matter now? I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I said, oh, Zion, what's the matter now? You don't pray like you used to pray. When you look at the upper room, they were in that upper room. They were on one accord. And one of the things they were doing is they were praying as they waited on God. And when the day of Pentecost fully came, when, it, when the appointed time came, Holy Spirit came into that room where they were and glory to God, like tongues of fire lit upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them others. And it was was not the tongue that was the important thing, but it was the power of God. Glory to the name of Jesus. It's the power of God. As they waited and as they prayed and as they sought the Lord. Whew. Hmm. Look at Jesus' life. Jesus prayed. Jesus would go off to a mountain or someplace by himself and pray. He taught his disciples to pray. He said, my house shall be called house of prayer. He didn't say my house shall be called a house of worship. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Worship is a part of prayer, saints, but we've got to go back to praying. Oh, we've got to go back to sincere, earnest praying Jesus said, pray earnestly that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers in the harvest. Pray earnestly means, when I get the picture of praying earnestly, I, I, I picture laboring in prayer. I picture staying in prayer until I'm sweating, until tears are running down my face, maybe until my mouth is foaming. I just picture that I just don't get them and say, Lord, send, send laborers. Amen. Pray. Somebody shall pray. And now listen to what the Lord Jesus also said. Listen and get this, because drawing near to God is the answer. It's the answer. When you draw near to God, God draws near to you. Listen to what the Lord says. He says, if two of you, two of you, if two of you agree on earth, about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in among them, I'm in the midst of them. Did y'all get that? Are you sure you got it? So who you been agreeing with in prayer? You see, you can't stay on the devil's team and agree with the devil. And you got to believe what God said because you got a problem in your life. You need to find somebody to agree with you about for the answer. If you got a financial problem, you got to find somebody to agree with you to come out of this situation. Because he said, he said, can somebody say he said, 
Bishop didn't say it. God said it. Jesus said it. If two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. God is the answer, saints. He's the answer. I don't care what you're going through. The Lord is the answer. But you got to believe him. You got to have that relationship that's so close to him that you walking with him, you are talking with him, you are believing him, you are taking him at his word. And even if you have to say, God, you said, the promises shall be done. My father in heaven Do it. Prayer. Prayer. But we don't draw near to God because we don't believe what God said. And maybe we don't believe what he said because we don't know what he said. So when trouble comes, men, a lot of people, not all of us, a lot of people take the other side. Especially if, it's, if trouble is there for a long time. I was listening to this testimony of this young man. He was sick, and he went to his pastor, and his pastor was praying for him. And whatever it was, I don't remember all of the details. Pastor said, don't eat anything. All we're going to do is pray. 24 hours. I think it was 24 hours. And they prayed. And and he he said, I thought I was going to die. And I would ask my pastor, can I do this? And he said, no, just pray. 24 hours. Just pray. Just pray. He said, I thought I was really going to die. I mean, my situation was getting worse. I was feeling worse and worse and worse in my body. And I thought I was going to die. But my pastor said, just pray. Believe God. Pray. At the end of the time, he got his breakthrough. So sometimes we're going through for a long time. Sometimes it's difficult. But we can't take the other side. We can't, we can't give up on God. We sing this out. We, we know all of the right things, saints. Don't give up on God. He won't give up on you. We know it. We can sing it. But we give up on God. I can't handle this temptation. So I yield to it. I'm, I'm trying to come where we are, saints, because I've been there myself, and a lot of times we can't give up on God. We got to pray and pray and pray again and pray in faith, faith, and turn your plate down and fast and pray and wait on God. This is the whole thing about staying in faith. You got issues in your life. You got identity issues in your life. Draw near to God. Tell you something, God knows what he created you to be. God didn't make a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. You listen to the world system, it tell you, you are a mistake. You are a man in a woman's body. You are a woman in a man's body. You are God made a mistake. Yeah, you're struggling. Struggles are real, but you got to draw near to God and you got to believe, God, you didn't make a mistake. And you got to go through the temptation and you got to go through the struggle, but you can't give up on God. And the church cannot compromise her message and say, God, you made a mistake. We feel for people. That's why when people get sick and they not believe us, we go pray to God to heal them. What you need to do is pray to God to save them. Because they might die. Reality is that they just might die. You're praying for God to heal them, and you need to be praying for their soul to be saved so that if they die, at least they will have confessed Christ and made it into the kingdom. We feel sorry for people. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. They never drew near to God. I know this might sound harsh, but saints, you know, the Lord is serious. What God has said in his word, he means it. We got to pray. We got to pray. We got to pray. We got to pray. You look at the upper room. You look at those believers. You think about what they were before they received the power of the Holy Spirit. 
He changed their lives. But they did, he, they, they drew near to God. And as they drawn, drew near to God, God drew near to them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Their lives changed because they drew near to God. I'm going to stop here. There are two more points I want to preach about from this. Guarantee you, when you talk to a lot of people and they're dealing with issues and they've they walked away from the church. They walked away from God. They're not praying. They're not reading their Bibles. They are not in the fellowship of believers anywhere. They're not drawing near to God. We expect God just to have mercy on us and to change things just like that. James says, draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. You say, well, I know this person. They, you don't know what they were doing in their private life. They might have been praying. In the midst of their struggles, they might have been saying, God, I don't like this. This is not me. This is not who I'm supposed to be. This is not where I'm supposed to be financially. And they were seeking God. You're looking at them from the outside, and you're judging them, but they're developing that relationship with God. And they're drawing near to God. And the promise is, that you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. And when God comes, when God draws near, God can't live in you and you remain the same. God can't live in you and your situation remains the same. You can't be faithful to God in your relationship with him and he allows you to go through and go through and go through and never delivers you. That's not God. You draw near to God, God's going to draw near to you. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. I pray that this message has blessed somebody today, helped someone. Continue to draw near to God. There are a lot of things and times and influences uh, that, that you're going to be tempted not to draw near to God, but you got to recognize them. you got to always draw near to him. Draw near to him. When those old sayings come to mind, when those old thoughts come to mind, draw near to God. Draw near to God. This, this is a part of casting down imaginations and arguments and every high thing that is also self against the, against the knowledge of God. Casting them down. That's, that means you're drawing near to God. You're bringing that thought into captivity to, to the obedience of Christ, which means you're drawing near to God. God sees this. God honors this. And he'll honor it in your life. When it comes to giving, you got to draw near to God. God, what did you say in your word? I'm going to give. I'm going to do it. I thank the Lord that there was a day that I struggled in my finances, but I said, Lord, you know the desires of my heart. And I struggled while I was paying my tithes. Now, part of the stuff I did myself, because you get a credit card and you can, <laughs> you can live beyond your means. I learned that you don't need all these little monthly bills. You're paying $10 here, $35 there, $50 there. Before you know it, you can't pay them all. I told you, I ordered some shoes last week. They came Thursday, Friday morning. They were back at UPS with the return label on them. Give me my $135 back. I didn't need those shoes. I need a shoe for every outfit. Mm -mm. Gray goes with a lot of things. Brown goes with a lot of things. Black goes with a lot of things. I know women think that they're different. <laughs> yeah. And so you got 50,000 pairs of shoes in your closet. Can't close the closet, though. Anyway, draw near to God. This, this message, meditate on this. You know, I was laying in my bed last night. I was really going, I had started working on a different message. And last night I was laying on the bed. I come home from my sister's birthday party and I had to take a nap. And the Lord said, draw near to God. He took me right to that scripture. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you.
I knew that was what I should minister this morning. Somebody, you may not have needed this message. Someone needed this message. Draw near to God. Don't just take that lightly. Meditate on it. Dig into it. And he will draw near to you. I tell you, when I get ready to go on a mission field, I'm getting ready to go to Kenya and Malawi. And the guy sent me the price of the ticket. And I started to argue with him about the price of the ticket. Then I wrote back and said, don't worry about the ticket. Just get my schedule right. Because what has God done? You've heard me say it over and over again. Every time I get ready to go, when it's time to get on the plane, God has supplied all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I said to our team captains, I said, you got to own this fundraiser because we can do this. Amen. So God will supply all your need. He didn't promise me I could buy a new car every year. He promised to supply my need. He didn't promise me like that man on that video of the houses to have Gucci and, and all of this stuff in my closet. He didn't promise me that. Go to Walmart and get me a jacket and put on, I'm still warm. I don't have to have name brand stuff to be warm and clothed. You don't have to have Gucci pocketbooks to carry your stuff. This message, justice alone, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Let it sink in your spirit. You come back next Sunday, maybe the Lord say so. To go into these next two points the Lord gave me to talk about. This morning, I pray. Let's stand. Let's stand. If there's somebody watching us online and you're not a believer, or there's someone who was a believer and you kind of, you straight away, not counter, because you don't counter straight away. <laughs> we say that trying to make it feel a little bit softer because we like soft things coming at us. But you know, that was a saying, you make your bed hard, you got to lay in it and turn over that much more. And when we, sometimes I have a problem with sleeping on my right, on my left side, and I want to sleep on my left side, so I'm going to try it anyhow. And I get on that left side and it's hurt. I got to turn back on my right side and lay on my back. You make your bed hard by the decision that you make, not drawing near to God. You're going to get all of these voices speaking to you. People are going to tell you that it's more to it than what Bishop said in that message. Oh, yeah, it's a whole lot more to it. You got to pray and ask the Lord and go ahead and dig. Because this speaks volumes. You draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Whatever you're fighting with today, draw near to God. Whatever's fighting against you, draw near to God. Draw near to God. God is going to draw near to you. When you got trouble in your life, don't stay at home. Come to the house of the Lord. Come to the prayer. Get in the Bible study. Draw near to God. All of this is a part of this process. Draw near to God. Find some time alone where you go to God in prayer and you talk to the Lord. You, you, you cultivate your relationship with the Lord. You draw near to him. He will draw near to you. And then all of this stuff that, Pete, that James mentions in here, you go back and read that chapter. He talks about being double-minded. All those other things. All of that stuff, when you draw near to God, it has to go. When light comes, darkness flees. It has to go. You're waiting for God to perform a miracle. You're waiting for somebody to give you a word that's going to shift your life. I just gave you the word. Draw near to God. Draw near to God. Draw near to God. So today, let's lift our hands to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you. 
Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void. It accomplishes all that you desire. And you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Lord, we thank you, Father, that this word today that speaks to us about drawing near to you is going to accomplish what you desire in someone's life today. Lord, we ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive us of our sins and our iniquities. And we acknowledge, Lord, that we've sinned and we've come short of your glory. Forgive us and cleanse us today, Lord God, of all manner of sin and evil, all manner of iniquity, Lord God, all lawlessness that we've committed. Forgive us and cleanse us today, Lord God, for we need, Lord, to be in this close relationship with you. And we crave our relationship with you, Lord. We don't know what we would do if, we, if you were not the Lord of our lives. I know that some people probably don't feel that way, but we're standing with our hands lifted up today, Lord God, calling out to you, Father, because you are our God. You are our Savior. You are our healer. You are our deliverer. Hallelujah. You are our Father, Lord, and we need our relationship with you. So, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray today that all of us sitting under the sound of my voice, whether we're in the sanctuary or whether we're online, dear God, that we will catch the essence of this message and see the value of drawing near to you, Father. And we thank you for the promise that if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. God, I thank you today, Father, for giving us that, uh, that opportunity, for making it possible for us to draw near to you, for us to come into your presence, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. And as a corporate body, I pray today, Lord, that we will develop our relationship with you corporately, that we will grow in you, Lord, that we will grow in prayer, that we will spend time in prayer together as a corporate body, that we will seek your face, that we will pray about the right things, the pertinent things, Lord God, as we expect you to send people in. I pray that you touch our hearts today, Lord. Give us the burden. Give us the burden for lost souls. Give us your heart, Lord. As David prayed, Father, creating us a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within us. Father, we need you. We need you, Lord. Be the light of our lives so that we can be light to a dark world. Be our strength, Lord, so that we can stand against the wounds of the devil. Give us your wisdom, Father. And use us for your glory. Now, Lord, for that person that's struggling in their lives, whatever that struggle is, I pray that they've heard your voice today and they will draw near to you with a sincere heart. And I know you'll keep your word. We touch and agree today for this. You said if two or three of us touch and agree. Anything we ask would be done. So we're touching and agreeing today for change in people's lives. We touch and agree today for change in our own lives. For that person that's struggling, whether it be some type of mental issue, some type of personal issue, we stand in agreement, touching and agreeing, asking you, Father, for healing in that person's life. That person may be a child, may be a husband, may be a wife. As a corporate body, as we stand today, we're touching and agreeing for that person that's connected to somebody, someone in this sanctuary. You know God. You know, you see, you know everything. So we come, God, in agreement with one another in agreement with you for a breakthrough in that person's life, for deliverance, for healing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, thank you right now. Thank you for everybody that you've put on my mind and in my spirit as I'm praying. Thank you, God. Thank you that you're putting these people on other people's minds in the sanctuary. We're touching and agreeing today in the spirit realm. In the spirit realm. For that backsliding man, for that backsliding woman, that backsliding boy or girl, 
we touch and agree today that they'll come back to you in the name of Jesus. That they will return just like the prodigal son who went into a far country and wasted all of his living. And as you stand with open arms to receive them back, as a body of believers, we stand with open arms to receive those who should be a part of this congregation back in fellowship with you. God, thank you today. Thank you today. Thank you today. Thank you today. You've heard that mother's cry. You've seen her tears. You've heard every, every word of encouragement, every plea, every plead, every begging word. We touch and agree today. That child will return in the name of Jesus. Somebody listen to this message today. They're not in the sanctuary. But today, they heard your word. We touch and agree that that person will return to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. For financial issues, thank you, Lord. For that person that lost finances they didn't intend to lose, we touch and agree that you'll return it fourfold in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We give you praise. We give you praise. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you praise. Hallelujah. God, we give you praise. We just get all over the sanctuary. We're giving you praise right now. Hallelujah. 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 We're giving you praise right now. Hallelujah. Thank you for hearing our cry. You told us to come boldly to your throne. Hallelujah. Of grace that we would find mercy. Find grace and obtain mercy to help in the time of need. This is a needed time right now. Right now, Lord. We're drawing close to you, God. This is a needed time, Lord. Hallelujah. This is a needed time, Lord. We need you, God. We need you, God. We need you to move by your spirit, God. We need you to save. We need you to heal. We need you to deliver. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God, hear our cry, oh, Lord. Incline your ear to us. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, the enemy is on every hand. The enemy is fighting on every hand. But God, we thank you that you give us boldness to speak, boldness to declare your word, boldness to stand, boldness to stand in faith. God, we thank you, God. You've given us victory, and we thank you for it. We thank you for it, God. We thank you for it, God. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor right now, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord, in the midst of the battle because the victory has already been won. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, God. We give you glory now. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're online, you want to or you've made a commitment to Christ, remember, don't stay out there alone. You need to be connected to the body of Christ. And don't just connect to somebody who's going to help you be alone. You need to be connected to the body of Christ. So if you, if you want to make a decision for Christ, know that Christ is the one who established the church. Man didn't establish it. Christ established his church. Scripture says we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. Give your life to Christ. Find a church home. Write to us. Let us help you in the process. We'll help you find a church in your area to connect you with. If you want to be connected with us, you can connect with us online. If you're not here in York, 
and you can be a part of the worship services. You can connect to Bible studies on Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday afternoon at 12. You can connect until we can help you get to somebody close in your area. And if you're in this area and don't have a church home and you want to connect with us, we invite you to come. We're here every Sunday as a, as, and, and, and we're in in-person worship. You don't have to continue to watch online. Something wonderful about being in person and being in the presence of the Lord. Pray this prayer with me if you want to receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. Knowing that Jesus died on the cross for your sin, he satisfied divine justice because you deserve death for your sin, but Jesus died on your behalf even before you realized you needed him to die. So pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I can't save myself. But I believe that you died on the cross to satisfy God's righteous law. The test that says the soul that sins shall surely die. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Save me from my sin. I accept your sacrifice and I receive you today as my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for saving me. That brings us to the end of the message for today. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.